0: Disruption and chaos are part of the creative process. I'm Garland McWaters, and this is the Spirit of Leading podcast. Out of chaos comes order. Change is the agent of creative possibility. Chaos is behavior or activity that's so unpredictable that it appears to be completely random or without any discernible, repeatable pattern. Chaos and disruption are unsettling to us because we like to be able to predict and to control everything. Everyone loves it when a great plan comes together. I remember when former heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson was preparing to fight another heavyweight champion, Evander Holyfield. A reporter asked Iron Mike whether he was worried about his opponent and what his fight plan was. Tyson famously replied, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. In this episode of the Spirit of Leading podcast, I want to explore why disruption and chaos are necessary to innovation and creativity. Why it sometimes takes getting punched in the mouth to come up with a different plan. Think about how much we depend on things to be predictable and controlled. Think about the planes and the trains and the buses that all run on schedules. Investors want to know if the markets are stable so they can predict what return they're going to receive on their investment. Is it going to be as expected? And when instability creeps in, investors hold back and the stock prices drop. Some lay out life plans and they order their decisions to make those plans happen but for some reason plans seem also to come with surprises disruptions we take that first punch and sometimes it's so disruptive and knocks us back on our heels that we have to stop take a step back and reassess i really like the words of ecclesiastes chapter 3 there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven there's a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to tear down and a time to build A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. The theme is, Life is Full of Changes and Disruptions, Nothing remains the same, and it should not. We seek stability. We want order. We like routine. We prefer balance. And there's some value in all those things. But have you ever noticed that anything new gradually wears out with use? Maintenance is always required. Appliances, no matter how new, need maintenance. Our homes need maintenance. Our institutions need maintenance. And our relationships need maintenance. I lived in the Dallas area between 2005 and 2016. Traffic had grown; the ability of the road system to handle the volume, plus the roads and bridges, had taken a beating and needed to be replaced. Repair just simply wasn't a good enough option, so everything needed to be rebuilt. And during that rebuild, everything got worse. It looked like it was chaos, but it was very much very highly planned. Traffic delays were maddening; it took forever to go anyplace. But. Once done, the new interchanges and wider roads helped, and the traffic flows better, but we all know it won't last. So the idea of a status quo, keeping everything as is, is just a foolish notion, because nothing, and I mean nothing, remains as is. Things also deteriorate if they just sit in place. The elements of heat and cold and wind and rain all take their toll. Nevertheless, some people persist in trying to retain life in an as-is state, holding on to the good old days. And there's a lot of emotional and physical energy that goes into assuring that nothing changes. We want to protect and conserve what is as-is. But we know stability always moves toward instability. It's a proven physical fact. Entropy always sets in. Even standing still is not a static state, because everything around you is changing while you watch. Everything is moving. Now, chaos. Chaos is that random action that defies predictability. Why we don't like change is because it's so unpredictable, and when a change happens quickly, and everything is up in the air, we call that chaotic. And any effort to make change absolutely predictable is just totally fraught with frustration. It's kind of like that mother hen who's trying to hurt all her chicks. Or even think about predicting the weather. No matter how good we get at it and all the models that we use, we never say anything absolutely true before it happens because it can change. And how about statistics? We use statistics to predict future events to some level of certainty by just observing and measuring current events and then accumulating data based on observations and results and assume that we can apply that in the future a really top-notch prediction would say something like this. Based on what we've observed, we are 95% certain that we'll get a certain result within a certain margin of error or range of outcomes. Then, something could still happen that was not even considered in the calculation that can completely blow the prediction. In other words, there's always a minimum of a 5% of uncertainty and unpredictability of what's going to happen. Sometimes we don't know how bad things are until they reach a point of disruption and unpredictability, that state of chaos where we just, our head is spinning, we don't know what's going on. That's when we get busy and start looking for some new solutions, some novel ways to create a new normal, what's gonna happen after all this chaos. As I prepared and present present this podcast in the fourth week of March of 2020, the world is in this sort of throes of the coronavirus or the COVID-19 pandemic. COVID-19 is an acronym, actually, coined by the World Health Organization that stands for Coronavirus Disease of 2019. Medical professionals lack the precise science to treat this virus, and we are left to coping mechanisms to do the very best we can. All our known systems are floundering to get a hold on how to respond. There are some things we know. We know the virus is transmitted through human touch and that it takes from five to 14 days for symptoms to manifest. We know that the elderly and those with a compromised respiratory system or cardiovascular disease or diabetes are the most likely to actually die from the virus. And we do not have a cure for the virus that, according to current data, is killing the infected at a much higher rate than other viruses and flu strains. The segmented and privatized healthcare system of the United States is doing its best but it's woefully understaffed and woefully under-equipped to respond to the crisis as it mounts. Without clear answers, everyone's just going into a lockdown mode to create physical distance and minimize the likelihood of becoming infected. Retail stores are vacant. Many malls and shopping centers are closed for an unknown duration. Places where people gather in numbers are canceling their events and meetings. Any place where people are in very close proximity to each other, such as airlines and cruise ships and trains and buses, are taking precautions, including suspending operations. Places of employment are limiting the number of people who can come to work on any given day, and those who can work at home are told to do so. Others are just laid off or furloughed until further notice. The lack of public movement is affecting commerce, which is affecting jobs and employment which is affecting paying the bills, which is affecting all facets of business, which is affecting unemployment claims, which is affecting government and public policy at all levels. The global stock market is in sort of a free fall right now since no one knows where all this is headed or where it's going to bottom out. Everything affects everything. thing left to do is to try something different, to think about our situation differently perhaps. It remains to be seen how creative and innovative we can be going forward because right now the status quo is disruption on the verge of chaos. Everyone's been shaken out of business as usual to a new disruptive flow, seeking a new kind of normal, and we don't know, we don't know what that will be yet. What is happening though is that Empowered people are taking action to make things better while others are denying the severity of the disruption or focusing on protecting their own egos, which is what has always happened historically. This has always happened in the past. People vested in their own prestige, people vested in their own station in society, people invested in their own political power have always, always fought against the currents of change until they were left behind by those who found a new way through it. This is a time when we can watch those in charge closely to see how they think and lead. The disruption gives us the opportunity to evaluate all our systems. This disruption gives us the opportunity to think differently about all the institutions and systems that we've taken for granted. We can and we should ask questions such as, is our two-party system resilient enough to think creatively? Or is it resistant to any attempt at a nonpartisan collaboration? And I said nonpartisan to emphasize that party affiliation should not even enter into how our leaders respond to a threat that, res- that respects no political party, respects no nationality, respects no race or religion or sex or creed or gender orientation. None. Is our health care system of competitive for-profit providers capable of addressing, in a coordinated fashion, the needs of a national pandemic? Is everyone on their own? Are they competing against each other? What kind of more responsive system can emerge out of this disruption? Which services in a 21st century environment should be reorganized into a more responsive network that provides the most flexibility and serviceability to citizens who rely on them? And what might that more responsive network be like? What form of commerce is the most flexible in localities so that communities can be more self-sufficient and less reliant on global providers to operate at full capacity? And there's many, many other questions that will have to be formulated and asked and answered. In these times of disruption, the empowered ask all the relevant questions and unleashing their creative energy, open themselves to all the possibilities the future has to offer without prejudice or pretense. The empowered know, it's never only about me, it's always about us. In the spirit of leading, leaders answer the questions, where are we going, how are we going to get there? And are we able and willing to do what it takes, to do any and everything it takes to push into a future that we will co-create? Novelist and playwright Joyce Carol Oates said, It is only through disruptions and confusion that we grow, jarred out of ourselves by the collision of someone else's private world with our own. Everyone's private world is colliding (laughs) with everyone else, and we're having to rethink all these relationships At this particular time because out of chaos and disruption comes order a new order the question we have to ask and answer is whether we want to be part of the process or a victim of it it's a wild ride without any guardrails the empowered throw themselves into the flow and learn on the go The empowered are energized by the possibilities that our best days are ahead as we evolve into the best version of ourselves and co-create a world where we respect and accept that everything, everything is about relationships. Everything is interconnected. Everything is personal. And everyone, and I mean everyone, matters, from the billionaire in the executive suite to the homeless person under the bridge everyone seeks personal meaning for their lives. And everyone is personally responsible for their choices and their actions. That we all should strive to live excellently, excellently, to be excellent to ourselves, and to treat everyone else excellently. Change and diversity are life-giving processes, and we should trust the force, that life-giving and life-affirming universal force that animates everything. From our human perspective, chaos is definitely unsettling and scary. From the universal perspective, chaos is transition into a new version of what was before into what will be. The empowered believe the best is yet to be because we are yet to be our best. Well that's it for this installment of The Spirit of Leading. I want to thank you for listening. I also encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work and in the community. Be watching for the next installment of the Spirit of Leading podcast. You can sign up to join the Empowered, and you'll receive notifications when the next installment is published. You'll also receive links to my Empowering Thoughts podcast that comes out every week. So until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day. Unleash the creative energy of your personal empowerment by encouraging the spirit, enlivening your heart, enlightening your mind, and enlarging your expectations of living for yourself and for others. I'm Garland McWaters.